0: Welcome to the icebreakers, number one place for shared, sharp betting information. Welcome back to podcast nine of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at the Eyesbreakers and follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetMGM. If you sign up and only bet $5, you get $158 back to bet on future games. If you want to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our premium cappers. Get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Ozbreakers and become a free picks and Telegram subscriber. Well, here we are. We have a Super Bowl. And some people are not surprised to see the Kansas City Chiefs there. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco. He probably deserves to be mentioned with those three, the way that guy's been playing. And the San Francisco 49ers. Now, the games yesterday, one was a really... Well, pretty good game, crazy ending on the San Francisco game. And one was a really, really bad game. (laughs) Just bad all around, bad on the eyes, bad for fans kind of sick of the same thing. And uh, bad for star players that uh, were supposed to be a little bit better in that situation. Lots of ugliness to that game. And I cover quite a bit of it in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly here coming up. But first, a quick recap. I had a great weekend of sports betting. I'm on like a 10-2 and two run in college basketball again. Hit a little bit of a lull Sunday, Monday, Tuesday last week. I think I lost like six in a row. Then got right back on my feet and uh, just had a wonderful weekend of betting, picking my spots. Being careful. I think that's kind of the main thing you have to do in college basketball. Just being disciplined enough to not take bets that you kind of wanted to. You know, I uh, was close on Kansas. Didn't take it because I was so good at home. Iowa State, Kansas covered. But it took a last second, like three point shot to do it. You know, it was just one of those coin flip situations. I would have won it, but that would have been a really tough nail biter at the end. You know, a couple other leans that I would have lost on Florida State. They had North Carolina dead nuts. That spread was only six, six and a half for most of the day. North Carolina won by seven. So I would have lost that one. Really wanted to bet them before the lines came out against North Carolina in this spot. Glad I stayed off. You know, Kentucky had a really close game with Arkansas and that spread was very close to where Kentucky landed on it anyway. I was leaning Arkansas in that. And how about Texas AM? I look at the spread, it's like five and a half against Ole Miss. Now I know that Ole Miss was overrated coming in this spot, but are they that overrated? They're disrespected and they went to a and and won that game outright. I mean, Ole Miss, probably not the uh, a top team with only three losses this season. Probably not top 15, not top 20, but they're sure as heck not top 70, something like what Ken Palm had. So it's just one of those situations where, yes, they haven't beaten anybody, but they've still beaten a ton of teams. And Florida. Florida. Central Florida. You know, Memphis meddling teams, so that was a situation I'm glad I avoided, but, you know, college basketball takes time, and uh, sometimes the less games you bet, the better you are, so really happy for our college basketball being well into the black for 2024, you can get our packages at the Oddsbreakers, 100 bucks off college basketball, and our promo code is basketball 2000 twenty four, But back to football. So starting out, the Ravens and the Chiefs were, was, this, the line kept climbing. Got up to about five for the Chiefs. Chiefs were a dog by five points at Baltimore. I, I agreed with it. You know, I had the Ravens about five to six points better. So I agreed with the movement. But just a terribly ugly game from the start. Kansas City scored pretty quickly. But what does Lamar do? Fumbles the ball. Gives them the ball. You know? Puts them in terrible situations. And John Harbaugh's getting massively outcoached by Steve Spagnola. I mean, we're talking about Kansas City in a defense that's extremely beat up. Right? Missing guys. And Lamar just looked like absolute dog crap against the Chiefs in that first half. You know, just kind of shell-shocked, missing receivers, you know, making bad decisions. There's some wide, he looked like Justin Fields in a way. You know, I kind of thought to myself, you know, Justin Fields is not that different from Lamar. I think Lamar is Justin Fields with confidence to throw the ball downfield. Probably a little bit better at it. But, man, that was just a stinker by Lamar. But on the other side of the coin, you also had a ton of missed calls and bad calls in that game. Referee Sean Smith did everything he could to avoid calling actual penalties on the Chiefs that were blatant. And whenever there was a questionable penalty, he made sure he called in on the Ravens. There's some a couple of roughings. The whole Mahomes flop when he kind of got hit in the face, that was just ugly. I mean, just total flop. And when Jadavian Clowney hit him, his helmet might have just grazed him. It was more of a push, and it was momentum. He, he just got rid of the ball. And then he goes on the ground like, A wrecking ball just hit him the way he purposely lands hard and Sean Smith throws the flag you know just doing whatever he can the taunting penalty sure Flowers looked down on him the guy was holding on to his leg too long which that was missed by the refs but you call it on Kelsey whenever he does it absolutely not you know the only couple penalties they called on the Chiefs were some blatant holds that was happening all game, but he only called a couple of them. Three penalties for thirty yards, and then eight penalties for ninety-five yards on the Ravens. You know that that was just part of the ugliness of this game. But at the same time, this was a game that the Ravens didn't deserve to win. They played like crap. A, a championship game. Lamar played like crap. The coaching was crap. The defense was bad at first, kind of figured it out in the second half, but Lamar wasn't good enough to come back and win. The Ravens deserved to lose that game, but the Chiefs didn't deserve to win. You know, they weren't good in the second half. They had officials helping them in every instance. The Kelsey first down, that huge first down deep into the third, was a pick play. And it wasn't called by this incompetent officiating crew. So the Chiefs really did not deserve to win this game. It was ugly from the get-go. The Ravens outgained the Chiefs, 336 to 319. But man, the Trey Flowers fumble going into the end zone. That was bad. Lamar throws into triple coverage. There was some pass interference. That wasn't called, and there's your interception in the end zone, and that's the two scores that would have won the game even while you play bad for the Ravens. Flowers had that rookie bad game, and Lamar threw in triple coverage. Now here's the thing. Without the pass interference, does the interception still happen? I'm not sure about that because likely you can play a defense at that point. Try to bat the ball down on that terrible throw into triple coverage by Lamar. But at the same time, what are you doing throwing into triple coverage, Lamar? You know, you drive all the way downfield to throw into triple coverage. I mean, they read your play; they knew your play, and you have a chance to get back in the game, and that's what you do. What do you think you're doing? Just in a very simple, common term, made the mistake of a lifetime. Absolutely unreal. Moving on to the next game, the Lions were up twenty-four to seven at half. I mean, Dan Campbell, when he took that field goal, when it was like fourth and three with ten seconds left, eight seconds left, I agreed with it. The Niners were stopping you there. That was a great coaching decision. When it comes down to fourth, you had three downs to get in. You didn't. You kicked the field goal there. But, man, did Dan Campbell screw up later. I agree going for it on fourth and two around your 30-yard line when you were uh, up 14. I agree with that. A lot of people give flack for that. I agree with that. That is not what lost them the game. What lost in the game was allowing the, them to score and then fumbling in their own side of the field and allowing the San Francisco 49ers to score again. What I don't agree with is when you had a chance to tie the game down three and it was fourth and three around your 30-yard line, then you go for it. No. Tie the game. And as a Lions plus seven and a half point better, I was furious with him after multiple attempts of doing that. You know, people say, oh, his aggressive nature is what got him there. (laughs) There's a lot of reasons that got you there, not just your aggressive nature, you know. And I agree mostly on the side of aggressiveness, but that one mistake is what cost you from being in that game. Now, in hindsight, You can say he should have kicked both field goals. They would have won the game. I'm not so sure about that. You don't know how it's going to play out. But when you could have tied the game, I say go for the tie and put the pressure back on them. But you didn't. But that was just a great game to watch in general because there was a lot of scoring. There was a lot of star power in that game. Goff played great for the first half. Second half, not so much until that final drive. Some of those receivers like Reynolds, St. Brown, dropping passes. Jamison Williams had a pretty good game, but he dropped one pass. It was just kind of like everything just crumbled in. And I tweeted out that is just so Lions. Because it was Lions. You know, that that's exactly how the Lions have been doing for the last 50 years. Just choking games away. And they had that game, but they choked it. Kind of like the Packers did the week before. So, just a weird situation that I think that from a power standpoint, I think the Lions are better than the Chiefs. But from a a coaching scheme and quarterback standpoint, I'd probably give it to the Chiefs. You know, the reason I'm comparing these two is because I have to wonder what this line would be if it was the Lions versus the Chiefs coming up in the Super Bowl, you know? But I have a lot of thoughts on the Super Bowl after we get done with this last segment for the 2023-2024 slash football season. This segment was brought to you by AG1. Why take a bunch of different things when you can just mix one scoop of powder and water once a day? Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and whole food source ingredients of high quality that give me major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash or click on our podcast episode description. The good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. And starting with the good, Wisconsin basketball. How was that on Friday night? Michigan State coming in. I was shocked to see so much Michigan State money kind of keeping that thing around two and a half and three. You know, I laid two and a half with Wisconsin, expecting it going up to four, four and a half. And at that point, maybe I would have considered something back on Michigan State. But man, Wisconsin just beat the crap out of this team. Playing out of their minds. And this was a road revenge game because Michigan State got their boat raced at home against Wisconsin. It's just that the matchups even favored Michigan State. And that's what the sharp money was looking at. But what they don't analyze is that the swing offense is too hard for Izzo to stop Izzo can't stop the swing offense, even though he had a massive inside matchup advantage near proximity. He had a great three-point matchup advantage against Wisconsin. Wisconsin doesn't play the best three-point defense. Still couldn't even come close to getting it done against this Badger team. Uh, UConn basketball. Man, on Sunday, Xavier was never even in the game. At one point, it was like 37-9, to 9, you know? Just an absolute blowout. And it kind of just justifies the fact that I said UConn would be the favorite, in my opinion, to win the NCAA tournament again for 2024, as I said on our show last week with Justin Perry. Next, big teams losing this weekend was good. There was a lot of top-ranked teams, top 10, top 15 teams that lost. And it's fun to see that especially if you're one of those teams that are trying to make some some ground there and win, you know. I posted something like that in our Badger fan site, and someone's like, oh, don't even worry about the rankings. You know, it's like, then why do we have a discussion site, dude? <laughs> you know, See, first of all, rankings do make a difference because you want to be a top seed. Do you want to be the eight or nine seed that has to face UConn in round two? what a stupid question that is what a stupid question but i watch you a lot you ask a lot of stupid questions i mean a matter and it's a discussion point fun to discuss this stuff but anyways i'm hoping wisconsin jumps into the top top 10 as a fan after all these losses this weekend next the jim harbaugh to the chargers i mean just fantastic for jim harbaugh Going back to the NFL, another chance to win, and now he has a quarterback, Justin Herbert. Big man, strong arm, has been very accurate. I think he can properly coach this kid unlike what he's had before. And Jim Harbaugh is just a winner. Jim Harbaugh is a winner. I I think he's going to take him to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if it's going to be next year or the year after or the year after that. But I I think the Chargers now are very legit. And that's all you need when you have a great coach some talent a great coach that's what gets you to the super bowl i mean that was a huge move for the chargers and i applaud them for it uh lions back door (laughs) god did we need that as lions betters? the people that took it at seven and a half when that popped my goodness did we need that back door but uh I'm glad I was around and ready to fire when that came to seven and a half in a lot of these books. And, man, that was real dicey because you're up by 17 and then you're down by seven into the fourth quarter. That was massively, uh, that was tough. And it made another profitable NFL day for me on Sunday. Now for the bad. Baylor's three-point defense. And that was a great game, Baylor versus TCU. But the reason that TCU kept getting back into the game is because Baylor just cannot guard three, you know. just They just can't. And it showed really bad uh, in this game. And I'll tell you this, TCU had their own problems guarding it, but Baylor was at home here, you know. Baylor was at home. I expect a little bit better out of this team. One of my few losses on Saturday. Uh, The refs saving Duke against Clemson. I mean, that made Twitter blow up for a long time, but it's nothing we're not used to because it's been happening for 40 years. But geez, handing them the win like that in crunch time, absolutely horrible look for the ACC uh kansas losing to iowa state was bad for kansas this is not your championship kansas team from what i'm seeing even with hunter dickinson there i don't think hunter dickinson has approved a whole ton since he was a freshman at michigan so that's bad uh obviously the officiating in the Ravens versus Kansas City with Sean Smith. Sean Smith, an absolute bonehead. There is so much video out there tweeted on on this guy last week that we already covered. Dan Campbell had some questionable play calls on his fourth down attempts. I thought that, like, the last one, he should have kicked the field goal, but then he kind of paid for it at the end having to go for an onside kick. And, man, sometimes an overaggressive coach will cost you the spread. You know, that should have been a seven-point game instead of a ten-point game at one part if you were to kick that field goal. But their defense kind of gave out on them. And, man, I, I should have put this to the good, but Brock Purdy, with his legs, made some huge plays in that, in that 49ers game. Brock Purdy was an MVP-like level in that game. You know, coming back like that. That's what I think MVPs really are, is the guy that wins the big clutch games. And Purdy did it. He showed enough to do it. But the last one is Michigan basketball for the bad. I mean, holy cow, has this team fallen since Beeline left. You know? They have lost eight of their last nine games. Eight of their last nine. They are seven and 13 You know, that is just pathetic. They're not going to make anything in any tournaments this year. And it's time for a new coach here uh, in Michigan. Juwan Howard's toast. Now for the ugly. Starting with Arizona basketball losing at Oregon State. How the hell did that happen? I mean, at least you came back and you beat Oregon on your second game of your road trip on Saturday. But man, Oregon State? Despicable lose to them. Um, another ugly, Colorado State losing at Wyoming on Saturday. Freaking Wyoming was supposed to be the worst team in the Mountain West. You know, I believe they are anyway. Yeah, uh, San Jose State. Air Force and Wyoming all bunched up there at the end. I guess throw Fresno State in there too. One of the worst teams, and you lost that game. That was ugly, and that went to overtime as well. Auburn losing to Mississippi State's kind of ugly because of all the hype Auburn was just getting. Well, it's kind of like, and I, and I really wish I'd bet Mississippi State, but here I am sitting there. Yeah, Auburn, fade team coming up, uh, sell high. They lose to Bama. They lose to Mississippi State. One of the bets I probably should have made this weekend. Uh, another ugly, the Bears. Chicago Bears. just And it's just their organization watching Jim Harbaugh go to another team. The guy that played quarterback for you. Harbaugh played quarterback for the Bears for most of his career. They drafted him. He's a Chicago Bear for the NFL. You let him go because you hired the only guy that hates Harbaugh and Harbaugh hates him, and Kevin Moore. That is just ugly as a Bear fan to watch. Just thinking about them having Eberfus, Harbaugh is available. They don't fire him, and they let Harbaugh walk. Don't even contact him. How Chicago Bears is that? You know, just, just the stupidest ownership In the continent. you know I I can't fathom how big of a mistake this is going to show to be in the next two to three years. Another ugly, but an expected ugly, the Lions choke after being up 17 points. I mean, that's just ugly in general, but as a Lions fan, that's just another kick in the balls. It's very hard to watch that. I was going for the Lions because even, even as a NFC North, Rival in Chicago Bears. I wanted to see the Lions win it. I still do. That was tough to swallow. And a lot of a lot of things happen when you choke. You lose momentum. Everybody plays worse for some reason. Momentum really is a thing. And they lost it. And it switched to the Niners. And it switched bad. Another ugly is Bill Belichick. Why is he not getting hired and Raheem Morris getting hired? You know, I mean, Bill Belichick, I think it has a lot of, to do with this grisly nature and the fact that now that he's losing without Tom Brady is very troublesome. I think he's also stubborn, but Raheem Morris is over you. I think that pretty much shows the nature, uh, nation what uh, organizations actually really think about Bill Belichick. And it looks like Robert Kraft was fine to see him go too. I mean, not a good look for Belichick, who's supposed to be the GOAT, the coach that's the greatest of all time. I definitely disagree with that. I, As a Bears fan, I'd take him over e but I also take a lot of guys ahead of Bill Belichick right now. <laughs> you know, it's just very strange to see him sitting there. I think the dude should retire and become an analyst. And finally, you're going to see Lamar Jackson get the MVP. And I made a mistake when I tweeted the voting as actually all the way already done. But I want to explain something about this. If you're going to be the MVP, you have to A, in my opinion, win some very big games. I guess he won the San Francisco game. It was a regular season game. And that's why I disagree with the MVP voting happening now. But at the same time, was it you that really won those games for the Ravens? No, it wasn't you. If you look at the stats, shouldn't the MVP be somewhere in the tops of his categories? I mean, if you're a quarterback, it has to be some sort of passing stat. If you're a running back, it should be a rushing stat, maybe a little bit of receiving too, but mostly rushing, right? If you're a receiver, it should be catches and yards after the catch and, um, total yards, I mean, things like that. I mean, Lamar is 15th in in passing yards. Derek Carr is higher than Lamar Jackson in passing yards. Sam Howell is higher. Baker Mayfield's higher. Jordan Love. And your MVP and not your defense, you know, How are you MVP like that? Don't get me wrong, he's a dangerous quarterback of his rushing, and that's why people are thinking Justin Fields should maybe land somewhere. But this is MVP at the quarterback position. The quarterback position. I mean, he ran the ball well, but he's not even top 20 in rushing yards. For the season, he is at his position, but not rushing in general. It blows my mind how he could be MVP. Look at what Josh Allen did this year. A massively banged up team, banged up defense. Fourth in passing yards. He also ran the ball very well. You know, I mean, it's not like Josh Allen doesn't run the ball himself. He had a lot less to work with than Lamar Jackson. Dak Prescott was a great regular season quarterback. Now, I wouldn't give it to him if you counted the postseason, but you don't. You don't count the postseason, it seems. But shouldn't MVP have to, like, win a couple big games in the postseason? I mean, that showed you, his performance showed you that he's not MVP. You have Brock Purdy, fifth in passing yards. Couldn't have been more if they weren't blowing out so many teams. Brock Purdy played a much bigger uh, part in San Francisco's wins than Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. So there you have it. Jared Goff, everything he did through the season, second in passing yards. 67.3 completion percentage. He's not even considered. This is absolutely unreal and it's just bad, a bad look for the NFL. All right, my friends, well, we have a Super Bowl, and we have a line, and it's not that much. It's literally San Francisco, only minus one in this situation, minus 120 on the money line. You shop around, and you get minus 115 on the money line. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am shocked this thing is only minus one, and it kind of blows my mind that... Uh, that, that, that's where it's at, you know? I mean, what, what did the Chiefs look like that was so good last week against the Ravens? You know, maybe the first quarter a little bit, out-coaching them. But the Niners, even though they looked bad for the beginning of that game, they came back and won that game. They showed who they were. They are a better power-rated team than Kansas City Chiefs by a few points. And if you don't believe me, all you have to do is just look at all the public power ratings out there. Baltimore's first, San Francisco's second, Buffalo's third, Dallas's fourth, Kansas City's fifth. On team rankings, San Francisco, 8.8 po- points better than the average team. Kansas City, 6.8. That's two points better. Most games land on three. The winner usually lands on three. It doesn't happen all the times, but why is this not a two and a half to three point spread? I was shocked that it didn't go up when I saw it at two and a half, and I was wrong. I told my friend, buddy, I'm like, hey, it's two and a half right now. He's, no nope, tells me to wait, and uh, he actually went down. And, uh, I gotta tell you, I am uh, I'm pretty shocked about it. From an EPA perspective, the San Francisco 49ers are number one in offensive EPA. The Chiefs are 11th. 11th. That's significant. From defensive EPA, the Chiefs are number six and the Niners are number 10. So, I guess you give the nod a little bit to the Chiefs there. But the Chiefs are also banged up some on defense. You got to factor that in too. In drop back EPA, the Chiefs are third. The Niners are sixth. In rush EPA, the Chiefs are 28th. And the Niners are 26th. Significant stuff right there. But back to the offense. Dropback EPA, the Niners are number one. The Chiefs are number 12. Rush EPA, the Niners are number one. Christian McCaffrey, the should-be MVP. The Chiefs are number 18. There's just a big difference there. My power ratings have the Kansas City Chiefs losing by 2.25 points on a neutral field to the San Francisco 49ers. My algorithm, if you look the whole season – The whole body work of the season. I have the Chiefs losing by 2.4 points. So literally, I think this spread should be closer to three. But it's not. It just makes no sense to me. So this is the early look. I took minus 120. And it's actually down to minus 115 in some books. And I'm very surprised about it. But that's my play that I'm going to give you. Early look in the Super Bowl here. We'll see what kind of injuries came from this game. Not a lot of guys are, are are that injured, I think, for the Niners. I actually don't think that the Chiefs added too much to their injury report. They did a little bit last game. But uh, they also might get Gay back and a few other guys. But still, I have the Niners winning this game. This is the revenge from uh, Super Bowl three or four years ago. Uh, I think the Niners win this game by three points. I'll take the Niners on the money line. No problem. Minus 120. 4-3 stars. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Well, all right, my friends. This was the last early show of the week. We are going to continue to talk Super Bowl, though, for the next two weeks. We're going to get into our prop bets. We're going to have some big guests on like we do every single year. We're going to talk about Las Vegas, who's hosting the Super Bowl, which is fantastic. And any college basketball, we're going to keep rolling through that every single weekend with a little bit more UFC. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Ozbreakers throughout the season. I'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Any five-star review greatly helps us in the algorithm. Everyone enjoy the rest of your week, and go get some winners.